Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Breck, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of BBG Wrestling. I'm Foxy from Grapple Arcade, and I'm joined for the first time. I think it's the first time we've had this duo. Of uh, Big Stevie Cool Jackson, how are you doing, Steve? I'm <laughs> not too bad, uh, Mark. You know, it's uh, no, it's been like we just said off air. It's been a lot of wrestling to take um, on this past weekend, but yeah, I'm feeling good. Really excited to be talking about GCW. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I, but likewise, excited to be talking about it. Um, we're coming from a couple of uh, very different perspectives, I suppose, from the sense that I have. Never seen GCW um, at all, ever. And that's no knock on the company at all. It's just not... I've been aware of them. I've been aware of the company. I'm obviously aware of a lot of the talent who've um, been and gone from GCW uh, and who are still there or who have returned. It's just that I've never had the opportunity to sit down and really soak any of them at any of the... uh, any of their shows up, much like a lot of independent wrestling. I've never had that much of an opportunity to do so. Whereas you, on the other hand, you're a bit more familiar with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I started following them in sort of 2018 during the, it was Joey Janela's spring break, um, which really got me into it. And then from there, you know, I started watching the shows quite regularly. So, um, and what I like about it, much like we just said off air as well, about like the ECW sort of vibe. I wasn't there for ECW. I was too young. But I like the fact that the one thing that strikes me all the time about uh, GCW is the venues are always really cool and the matches are just always um you know such a a menagerie of different styles of up-and-coming stars of deathmatch wrestling of technical wrestling it's just such a really fun atmosphere and you just always feel after you've watched a gcw show like you've seen something really special um and it's always good fun you always leave with a smile on your face no matter what with gcw because you just really enjoy it it's really interesting you should name a couple of points there, um, such as the throwback to ECW. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll touch on that as we go through this review. Um, but for me personally, I, I was a big fan of ECW. I lived through that and I watched quite a lot of it at the time. Well, that we could obviously get hold of over here in the UK. It was uh, easier said than done. Um, but, you know, if there's anything that can hang, kind of hark back to that, there's a lot of opportunity out there, I'm sure, with a lot of different promotions who either do reunion shows or they do sort of or similar kind of shows to what you'd expect from ECW. So the fact that you've st- straight away set off the bat, it's something that has got a, a bit of a symbolizing to it. It's something which kind of harks back to ECW, always is going to tick the boxes for me. Now, one of the interesting things with this, um, I'd like to say, obviously, straight, straight off the bat, a big thank you to Fight for ask, actually asking us to cover this and have a Absolutely. look into it. Um, I, As soon as we were asked, I purposely decided not to look into GCW. I was aware of them, like I said, and I'm aware of Joey, and I'm aware of other characters who've uh, been part of, uh, of GCW or have returned to GCW. Um, but I've never, as I said before, watched had the opportunity to watch an entire show yet so what i wanted to do was avoid any of the build-up to it 
I didn't want to do a bit of a catch up to see who's who. I wanted to go into this completely fresh face as a complete noob <laughs> and uh, <laughs> see what I could get from it, you know. So I wasn't aware of the cards at all. Um, I saw the stunning graphics of uh, the the cards that were advertising or the the advert, if you like, that were advertising yeah. night one and two, and I thought that's all I'm going to soak up from it. I'm liking that visual, so that's I'll leave it at that and I'll tune in and and watch it as as it's on. And that's what we've done. And uh, holy shit, <laughs> it's uh, there was a lot to soak up. Uh, I think on that note, we'll go straight into it. And if you do the honors, mate, of of bringing our listeners into match number one. Absolutely. So uh, we do this regularly on the ROH review as well, our uh, our, our uh, match introductions bit. So I feel like I'm doing a bit of a Bobby Cruz. But uh, yeah, so the first <laughs> match, the first match on night one of GCW Homecoming was a six-way scramble match between Calvin Tankman, Ali Cat, Benjamin Carter, Jimmy Lloyd, Liam Moriarty, and Matthew Justice. Yeah, this was, you know, right off the bat when the show started, this was the first visual we got, the six wrestlers in the ring, and it was just your traditional, you know, fun six-way, you know, we've got lots of crazy spots. You know, Benjamin Carter comes from these, a UK native, I believe he comes from the Isle of Sheppey, I believe, if I'm right. much like Zack Sabre Jr., yeah, um, and lots of high-flying spots. Um, Calvin Tankman is just an absolute beast. Like I remember my the first time god, last year. My god, my god, monster! <laughs> but he, he he can just move. He's like Samoa Joe crossed with Keith Lee. He's just got that. He, he's just crazy how big he is, but how he can move. And Ali Cat's one of the best female wrestlers in the business today. You know, she's got such a unique character, and she's just able to tangle. You know, tangle it in there with all the with all the guys and stuff, and it was just such a great way to start the show. You know, everyone got a lot of time, um, and everyone just and it really got the crowd pumped as well. And I think when you start a weekend like we've just seen, you need to have a really big bang to start it. And I feel that this was the way to start it. It was it was great. I'll be very honest. I think it's the match that I need to go back and watch again because I think. It would have been the first match, um, the first, if you like, introduction to GCW for me, the the first match of uh, a really heavy, intense two-card pay-per-view. <laughs> um, I, I want to go back and watch it because it was kind of like, wow, you, you're thrown in there really, really quick. And if I, I'll be honest, I think I was quite overwhelmed from it in terms of um, how much was going on. It, it I wasn't eased in. And I'm getting yeah. old. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I need to be eased into a lot of things. We won't go there. That's wrong. We, yeah, it's one of those things where it was quite, um, it was quite, not over the top, over the top's the wrong word, but there was, it was very high intensity and yeah. a bit overwhelming for a newbie who I, I was unaware of any of these guys going into this, any of these guys and girls, should I say, going into this. Um, and I remember thinking, that was good. I need to watch that again. As soon as it finished, I thought I need to watch that again, but I yeah. didn't want to do that there. And then I wanted to carry on with the pay-per-view for what it was. I remember a couple of spots that stand out. One in particular, um, Benjamin Carter standing on, on somebody's back to do a Canadian destroyer of sorts. Oh, so yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> that, that blew my mind straight away. And I thought, right, okay. And then there was several more things to come. Um, as you said, you ticked all the boxes there. Everybody in that match um, had a part to play, which is, which is good. Um, because usually, you know, with six ways, you can kind of get a little bit 
let's focus on one or two and then nobody else gets much of a look yeah. in. But it didn't seem to be that case. I mean, there was a couple that maybe got more in than others, but everybody had something to say in a roundabout way. Uh, as you said there, Ali Cat put on a great performance there, but I think the standout from that, I put a massive circle around this person's name because I thought straight away, I want to go and watch a lot more of this person. And uh, <laughs> shock horror, it was uh, Calvin Tankman. Because, Jesus, <laughs> when that specimen appears on your screen for the first time, you're like, oh, here we go, here we go. Um, and you'd be forgiven for thinking, big, massive hoss, he's going to, you know, a couple of clotheslines, a couple of power bombs. he'll take a bit of a kicking, but no. Um, don't let the, the visual of this no. absolute mammoth um, confuse you. Because, my lord, my lord, he can not only throw, but he can fly and jump oh, around yeah. and, run and run and run and chuck around and run. <laughs> it was just, oh, yes. Uh, more from Calvin, thankfully, as as, uh, as uh, we, we progress with this pay-per-view review as well. Because, as I said, I had no idea what was to come. I didn't know who was going to be on later on. I didn't know what matches were up. I didn't know any of the stipulations, anything at all. So, Whatever was announced there and then is the first time I, I was aware of what was going to happen. But yeah, great way to open it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I loved as well the hard, it may as well say, the hard cam visual of the, uh, as they were mentioning on commentary, Kevin Gill and his various uh, guest commentators, the uh, ocean in the background and the seagulls and the helicopters and stuff. I thought it was a really kind of cool you know, venue, just always have really cool venues in GCW. It's a, yeah, really, really great way to start the show. You needed to make the most out of what they had, because as you yeah. said, there, it was, what have they got? They've got a pier <laughs> and yeah. a boardwalk. Um, <laughs> and I had to laugh at people in masks when you saw the complete lack of respect for social distancing from yeah. the crowd and the wrestlers' interactions with the crowd <laughs> at times. But I think, you know, it is what it is. It's wrestling. You're going to go to that. You can't really social distance at a live wrestling event. Um, there weren't that many people there in attendance for that very reason. So I think that's fair. You know, they, they did yeah. what they could. They did everything that they could. And fair play to the sanitizers as well in the ring. Yeah. Who were, you know, towel boy stroke, uh, you know, guys running running the ropes there to, <laughs> to to disinfect them after every match and do what they possibly could. So fair after, play. After death matches where various uh, <laughs> bites of blood have been, um, you know, spilled. We'll, we'll, we'll desanitize we'll and hand sanitizer and then, you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll, it all will be well with the world. <laughs> Has anybody got a Kleenex? Was pretty much the kind of like... But yeah, um, moving on swiftly to uh, Trailer Mar versus ACH. Now, interestingly... Uh, from what I understand, from what I can pick up there, Trey is somewhat of a newcomer to uh, GCW to some extent. I.e., well, it, maybe maybe the fact that he maybe hasn't been around for that long. He's maybe not his first match or anything, but he's maybe. Is that fair to say from your point of view? Because that's what I was kind of picking up here. Trey is maybe newish on the scene. Yeah, he's not been in GCW very long. He kind of made his debut earlier this year, just before COVID hit, and then he was due to have more of a. Um, a few more shots, but then due to COVID hitting, he obviously, like all, all the rest of the talent, had to, um, you know, go home and things. But yeah, he's fairly new to the to the uh, roster. But I believe he has been wrestling on the independents for a couple of years, um, and we all know ACH from you know uh, the independent scene, Ring of Honor, and uh, when he was in WWE, I just know him as ACH. Was it Cameron Grimes? Am I getting the names right? Was it oh, Cameron I Grimes? I don't no know his WWE idea, name. 
he's yeah. ACH to me. That's all he is, you know. And uh, but yeah, it was. I enjoyed that. I, I wanted this to. I feel really bad, but I wanted this match to be a bit more. I wanted a little bit more from it, but I actually found it was a bit sluggish. I felt there was points in it where it didn't really go. Maybe with a different crowd, it might have helped, but I just feel it was a bit. Don't know, hit and miss. It wasn't really bad, but I just didn't enjoy it as much as I was hoping. Um, are you maybe different, think, Mark? No, I think I think you you you're probably quite right in in the respect of the crowd, the setting that it was, and they tried something different for ACH. Um, I think there was an expectation maybe from the fans for yeah. ACH's return, and he and he came in and he definitely put on more of a a slower paced, slow down, uh, more slightly methodical, mouthy, wanting to be a bit of a bully. He was trying to sort of push the heel button a bit. Um, and I don't know if people were kind of wanting more let's get ready to rip shit up kind of ACH because it was his long anticipated return. He'd just been doing some spells in, in MMA world and I think he'd been over to New Japan not so long ago as well. Um, so it was kind of his, his, his big return and he put on more of a sort of slower paced match, which don't get me wrong, I think that kind of pace would definitely fit his... Um, you know, mouthy, taking no shit kind of persona. However, maybe as his first match back, people were expecting a bit more. Yeah, more of a fast-paced, um, springing around kind of you know match. Yeah, I think as well. Uh, Trey was he's still quite new, and I think um, he as well was kind of finding his feet because if you're going into somewhere like GCW. You know, which has got quite a big reputation and things. It is quite. I expect it was quite daunting, especially going in there with someone like ACA. It should be pretty daunted by that. You know, by that. But it was a fun match. You know, it wasn't. It, was. it wasn't terrible. It it was good. It just felt very. It could have delivered a little bit more. But again, the situation and the setting probably you know played against them. Yeah, I think so. I know that uh, at one point Trey put on a, a fan's pair of sunglasses as well, and I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, how are you, man? <laughs> We'll, we'll get those sanitised. That's what they said, <laughs> yeah, didn't they? I think they did, yeah. Let's get some hand wash over there so they get them sanitised. Um, there was some some interesting sort of points in this as well. I know that um, ACH started to focus on Trey's back quite a lot, so it was good to see uh, some consistency as well. And, you know, kind of leading the way for Trey a bit with him being a newcomer. But as you say, he held his own. Um, I know that there was a great sort of like some body slams under the boardwalk as well. I think that was the first time we really saw the external use of the ring. And we're only a match two, to be fair, but the <laughs> external usage of the ring, like on the boardwalk, uh, being used um, and got back into the wing. Some I think it was a, tint, a tilt a wall backbreak. I remember one of the highest, yeah. one, of the, one of the really interesting, fun moves, especially after just being battering them on the boardwalk. Um, but yeah, what I did like from ACH as well, lots of gloating and flexing and just general taking the piss. Um, yeah. as feel, which again, le- lends itself well to the slow paced sort of approach that he brought to the ring, but maybe not what people were expecting. So that's maybe what kind of took the bite out of it a little bit. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, from there, do you want to lead this one, buddy? I think we had, uh, was it was it Mance, uh, Mance Warner versus uh, Chris Dickinson next up? We did, yeah. Mance Warner against Chris Dickinson. Wow. What mm-hmm. an absolute brawl this was. This was like <sighs> hard punches, hard kicks, hard knees, hard suplexes, you know, hard hitting, strong style Jesus. Like Chris Dickinson <laughs> is enormous as, it, you know, Mance Warner as big as it is, you know, and, and he hits like a you know mother 
Mother yeah. Effer. <laughs> but then, you Dick. know, Chris Dickinson's just an absolute monster. He's cool, and, isn't he? He's like, yeah, he's built. He's massive. He's massive. He reminds me very much of like Brian Cage in that mm-hmm. he's very, like, you know, that kind of, um, like. Oh, he's not six pro- foot, but he's possibly sort of five foot wide and short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but that um the one the one thing what I do remember from this match specifically is that knee which Chris Dickinson gave to Mansoir and just before yeah. the end of the match. My god, that thing when it was caught on camera, it sounded like a gun going off. That was a proper full on strike to the head that that was yeah. But um this was really good. This felt like a shoot fight and it felt again like a completely different take on what we'd just seen for the previous two matches. It was completely different. And the crowd were really over both guys as well. They were really vocal and they really got into this one, I think, and it really helped. Um, and it was great. I, I agree. I think I was surprised by this. I didn't know what... Again, I'm going into this completely blind. I don't know what to expect from it. So I always make some really interesting, like, silly notes as well as, like, uh, oh, remember that bit, remember that bit. But little throwaway things like heart-hitting slug stroke tech. <laughs> 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 little things to sort of make me remember little areas of it but um, Chris started off really strong in this match as well but as you said very hard hitting but very quick very quick pace from what you'd expect I think that's what yeah. threw me I was expecting big grunty kind of you know clothesline <laughs> body slam power bomb but no it was a lot more than that going into it was it was a hell of a lot more than that um i know that at one point i think um mance hit a it was a really nice top rope diamond cutter he um, did early on. yeah um, yeah he did just just it was just incredible like just two just two big brutes going back and forth um some um wonderful uh suplexes as well by dickinson as well yeah just yeah. headbutts galore, as you'd expect, or as I came to expect from Mance as time went on. Uh, just He likes a headbutt. <laughs> he does. Uh, no selling of clothes lines one after the other to each other to show each other's test of strength, pretty much. You know what I mean? I'm harder than you. Take this lariat. No, I'm harder than you. Take... Brilliant. Just what you want from two big, massive lads, really. Isn't yeah. It? Battering each other. Um, and I think Chris hit a really nice brain buster for a win, I believe. Yeah. Um, Great match. Following the knee. Yeah, it was it was great. You know, this was... And, and I'm really pleased as well because Chris Dickinson's one of those guys where I'm always in two minds about him for some reason. I, I like him, but yeah, I don't like him. But this match really impressed me. You know, it was just great. It was, it was just so strong in this match. Like, he just looked to me. He, he just looked awesome in it. You know, and the way he lifted Mance Warner up as well, who's huge. You know, he's a big Absolutely. dude. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell that Chris is he's going to be one of those kind of characters who's going to shock you within a match as to what his feat of strength actually is. And yeah. Um, yeah, you could tell that as time goes on. Um, moving on to uh, Blake Christian versus Alex Zane. This changes the tone very swiftly, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I mean, this is the beauty that we've had. We've had like a sort of six-way tangle fest with uh, with just, just loads going on to uh, hard-hitting slug tech, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, between Mance and Chris and then on to I mean I, I couldn't write notes quick enough to keep up with what was going on it was one of those kind of matches uh, Blake versus Alex wow um, yeah. it's one of the first things I, I, I've made a note of is a Blake Swanton over the top rope into a Hurricane Rana on the floor <laughs> like, <laughs> like right okay <laughs> Swanton into Hurricane Rana within the first few minutes of the match right okay it set the tone it set the tone yeah. for the match 
this this was this was phenomenal. Both guys, if you listen to the ROH review I do with Oliver, you know, when Alex Zane came into Ring of Honor, I was so excited because he just impressed me so much from seeing him in GCW. And, you know, these guys, like they said on commentary, went at it before uh, last year, and it was great. And then they did it yeah. again, and it was amazing. And Blake Christian just... I put on tweet actually that he's like a box of chocolates in that you just never know what you're going to get. Like Forrest Gump, it always gives you something in that phosphorus flop into the, into the, um, you know, the, the waste lock, then into the tombstone was just, it was mad, wasn't it? Was it mental? I I, I was trying to write down what it was and I couldn't get my head around it. And I was like, I don't know what I've just seen, but yeah, Fosbury (laughs) flop, uh, kind of a Fosbury flop stroke flip over the top rope into was it like a guillotine mate like yeah. i don't even know into the and, tombstone into what the was tomb. that <laughs> unbelievable unbelievable and like zane just you know the 450 the spanish you know, fly into a spanish fly whatever it was I don't yeah know, just next level like jumping around he joy <laughs> <laughs> it was all over it was great man great fun um massively set the kind of standard of what you'd expect to come from that there's a match. This is a very different match. Now he's a very different match. Uh, it was great. There was a mixture of stuff going on there. Um, so far, something for everybody. And with th- what three matches in? Yeah. Um, so it, it, it hooked me at that point just to think and write, okay. I, I started to find my feet a bit because I, then I, I realized don't expect anything because you can't be prepared for what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a fair way to sort of um, explain myself, really, <laughs> as a noob. <laughs> Um, yeah, then what did we have next, man? We had a death match, which was between Alex Cologne and AJ Gray. Mm. Wow. Like I said to Oliver, because, uh, I'm not normally a fan of death match wrestling. It's something which, you know, is a particular taste, but I thought this was, I I thought this was amazing. I thought this was such an awesome match. Like AJ Gray, just, I, I really like his work regardless, but I feel in this match, he really worked amazingly. And, you know, there was so much stuff in this match, which was brutal, yet it was so creative. The the light tube spot, the... I don't know what... They look like razor blades or whatever, which he smashed into... Um, which Alex smashed into um, AJ's head. Um, they were like in a... I don't know what you'd call them. I, they, they gave it a name, but I can't remember, but that was that was vicious. Um, the Spanish fly. It was, uh, it was the uh, the gusset plates, I believe That's they called it. them. Gusset uh, did plates. they use them on? Um, are they on like um planers? Is that what it? You know, like handheld I... planers that you use to saw wood. Oh, is that what they for? That's what it looked like. It oh, looked like God. sort of one side of a cheese grater, didn't it? So oh. I was thinking, is that what a gusset plate? It possibly. I don't know. I'm just showing my um my ignorance <laughs> towards whatever what, what what gussets are. But unless it's like that's the American term for it, I don't know. But <laughs> it, it it looked very much like the kind of you know the kind of a little slather of um grated metal that you'd get in a in a yeah. planer. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It, yeah, <laughs> no. it was um this is typically what people imagine with GCW because of the relationship they've had with Deathmatch Wrestling and stuff and, and and it is but I think also it's that spectacle thing and you know like with the Spanish fly off the top into the glass and you know the amount of glass what was in the ring and you know it, it was it's a very particular taste of match, but I think what I really liked about this is just that it, I'm really, I, like I said, I'm a big fan of AJ Gray, and 
Alex Colon's really changed it up from like they said on commentary from being he was originally a very technical wrestler and then he's become sort of a hardened deathmatch wrestler and he really just brings it every time and it was just such a again such a spectacle the light tubes being used all you know various different ways the the um the barbed wire um door, door I was gonna panels, say board yeah. door panels the doors are obviously famous in GCW um right so, okay I was yeah, gonna say have doors. Uh, right okay yeah, yeah. the I doors mean, are I'll, famous yeah yeah <laughs> I think uh, Alex uh, was it. Alex hit a sliced bread into a bat into the door. Yeah, by a door. Yeah, uh, floor. I mean, just it is. It's 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 very um, specific tastes. Deathmatch, as, as I'm sure a lot of people. I think the last time I, I went out of my way to properly watching a deathmatch was when I in the early 2000s when I actually used to watch CZW quite a mm-hmm. bit. In fact, I tried to think back as to when the last the last show that I remember watching from back then was. I think it was it was definitely like sort of two thousand one ish. I think it was possibly I wanna say enough is enough, but I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my head. But either way, I mean we're talking pretty much two decades since I've I've gone out my way to watch proper hardcore wrestling, you know, like yeah. not sort of like something happens within a match. Hardcore wrestling like this is when you when you see members of um, the rest of the locker room and including the officials, the referees helping to set props up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's next level death matches. Ref, oh, yeah, I'll just come over. I'll help you set this <laughs> sheet of glass up. Not a bother. Uh, <laughs> rules are out the window. Why are you even there? Just a count of three, I suppose. But um, yeah, it was, yeah, just. It was it was interesting to go back to and watch something of of that kind of nature, but I was impressed with the way that both these guys held their own during this kind of match. Yeah. It's not usually my cup of tea, um, but I did find it very interesting. Um, you know, within two minutes, both heads are busted open, and then from there you can kind of set the tone. Really, I think it's one of those things where both competitors definitely stood out in my head of me being able to appreciate that they are good at their trade. Yes. Uh, whilst it might not be my cup of tea as such, they are both definitely good at their trade. They haven't yeah. just turned it because they're not good at wrestling or because they've got nothing else better to do or uh, hark back to uh, Rob Black's uh, old promotion back in the day where you would get wrestlers who were just there to sort of pick up a paycheck and just weren't really... They were crap, let's be honest. It was at XPW. Um, yeah, that yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't a big fan of XPW. No. I saw a handful of shows. I was a fan of some of the guys who turned up there post ECW uh, to win a pair check. But in terms of some of the wrestlers that they churned out, it wasn't for me. Like, uh, Whereas these guys, you can tell that they are... If they did a standard one-on-one match, it would be an enjoyable match. You know what I mean? Um, they, they are good at wrestling, from yeah. what I could tell. From the little I could tell, um, and you know they, they are clearly good at the trade and they put on an, an interesting match. Um, but yeah, I think if it's fair to say, if, you, if you're into your death matches, it's it's a fun match to watch. Yeah, definitely. From there, we're going on to Nate Webb. Now I remember Nate. I remember Nate <laughs> big time from back in again from back at CZW more than anything else. Um, Nate versus Effie. Now. That's an interesting style clash, if ever of uh, a. <laughs> maybe it's not. Maybe maybe people are uh, maybe maybe people are very accustomed to them uh, locking <laughs> horns at G- GCW. I don't know, but uh, we had Effie on the show not too long back, um, an interview with our our turn chuckle show Pablo's show, and uh, what a lovely chap. Um, yeah, 
chat to and just mixes it up and just just massively applaud um, what he brings to the wrestling scene. It's great. And Nate's, Nate's been around for bloody hell, what, th- at least 20 years, 20 plus years. Like 25. 25, like is that. it? Some, something crazy, yeah. Uh, a long time. It was good fun. This match is exactly, yeah. it changes it up yet again. And I think this is what they've very been very clever with, with, with night one. And I think it, I can do this in retrospect now. Night one was almost like, let's give them absolutely something of everything that we can potentially offer and hook them into, wow, that was interesting and different. So they might be interested in purchasing night two if they haven't already, because if yeah. we give everybody something, you'll give them everything. If we, if we offer everything for everybody, then the people who haven't bought the weekend package, there might be a number of those that think that was interesting. I wonder what night two is all about. Whereas night two was all about the focusing more on, on specific sort of areas, if you like, I think, yeah. I don't know, maybe, I don't, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong with that. But <laughs> this, this first one, I mean, Effie hitting there with empty pizza boxes, <laughs> 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 giving them a massage halfway through a match. Um, a nipple bite into a Northern Light suplex. Now, that's a combination of chain wrestling I've never really witnessed before. It's brilliant. Uh, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, hitting a moonsault with a chair as well, which caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that one, but lovely to see. We've seen it before in other similar matches, but a great move. A moonsault with a chair. Yeah. Um, and uh, Effie with a TQ into a, a dragon clutch, I believe it was. Like, just some of the highlights for me there. Um, great match, man. Effie, what a character. What a great, great character that we need more of in wrestling. Yeah, Effie's just a great breath of fresh air. Completely genuine and natural. Just completely... Uh, off the wall but just so charismatic and engaging and such a good wrestler like he wrestled like you know it can it can go like a lot of times um his particular um persona or character would not be of an actual uh wrestling standard you may say like it might yeah. be sort of you know made too comedic whereas Effie can go you know Effie can you know tangle it in there with technical stuff you know like that dragon sleeper what he had on at the end on on nate was like that looked legit like that like it was you know probably joking him out and uh it was it was definitely a match which what i liked about it is that it was it had com- comedy undertones in it or it had it had comedy on the outset but it had more sort of um aggressive undertones so you know like you did get the sort of more shoot style um you know submissions or like you with the with the hitting of the pizza boxes and things like you know it, even though it was silly like you know there was a bit of aggression in there as well you know so it was it was definitely uh, again another piece of um piece of wrestling in this variety filled you know show it, it was a complete contrast to what we'd seen earlier on with say chris dickinson and you know mance warner it was a complete you know uh 180 in terms of its content but again it was another really fun uh and really um you know entertaining match and the thing i liked as well is the crowd were really um you know, engaging in this thing as well, like they were they were getting involved as well, which yeah, I think yeah. was really good. The, the more the show went on, the more I think the crowd felt more comfortable with what was going on because it must be daunting to be at a show like GCW and it'd be social distance, yet you don't really want to distance yourself. You want to be, you know, in the action, as we'll probably mention in the, you know, the next match, which is about to come up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, before you start off on that one, I'm wondering. I don't know the situation with their live with their live event. Have they um, did they require 
to hire that particular part of that particular bit of boardwalk or was it a case of, well, we can't really charge anybody because it's a public area? I mean, do we know? Was it charged for tickets for anybody who went there or was it... Um... Yeah, I, th- I believe that they have um, tickets on sale and I, and I believe there's obviously like a walking price, but then there are reserved seat prices. So you can see where the... Because the seats are meant to be socially distanced. Before each show, if you look on the Twitter feed, it explains all the rules they have for the for the fans. So everyone has to wear masks. Everyone has to obey by the social distancing and things. So yeah, I think yeah. it's kind of a walking price on the day, but then there are selected um, seated pricing for you know um for fans as well so the the business model actually for the whole covid thing has, has worked out quite well really you know even though it, it, to be able to put on a show like this in the middle of a pandemic like we've been going through i think is quite a you know impressive feat in a way because it makes it definitely more engaging than watching you know empty arena matches in the performance center and you know all that which i don't anyway but i wouldn't have all like in new japan where you've got empty arena matches watching you know the new japan cup and stuff it's not my cup of tea but this yeah. kind of isn't near, near enough an alternative while you know not exactly what you would hope for but yeah sure. i think that's what they've done yeah well would you like to lead us away with this next extravaganza yeah uh, so <laughs> i've I, i'm it's my first experience of schlack <laughs> <laughs> i'll put that out there now uh it's my first experience of schlack i'm very much aware of nick cage yeah. Um, again, from from early days um, with CZ back in the early mid two thousands, but Schlack, nope. And <laughs> my lord, my lord, take it away, mate. <laughs> well, well, I will say one thing to start with: that talking about the social distancing thing, um, <laughs> Nick Gage's entrance is about as non-social distant <laughs> as you could get anywhere. <laughs> and if it happened in the UK, I think we would have several fines put on people by the authorities. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah I mean Oliver said to me as well about Nick Gage that he's very much the Steve Austin of uh, GCW in that he just holds the plate like the crowd go nuts whenever he comes out and you know he's earned that moniker of being like the god of you know of all the shit and stuff like he properly is just the god basically Um, and Shellac's just tattooed all over he's a is he's a, a beast. Th- he's a beast. I'm going to say a thug, but he's a beast. He's an absolute specimen of, again, he's just a specimen. Like, you, you can't not look at Schlack. His tattoos, his body, his his face. Like, he's got such an expression of face. Like, he's got that crazed look on his face, and he's just yeah. scary. Like, you wouldn't want to be. isn't he? Yeah. Like if you were to cross almost like... um if you want to hark back a little bit again to ECW-esque stuff, if you kind of cross Sabu with Rhino yeah. uh, and add a bit of dirt, then <laughs> you've got a few tattoos. Yeah, a bit of oil, a bit, a bit of petrol, maybe. You've got Schlack. I mean, Jesus Christ, he's just a monster. It's crazy. And, you know, there's so many crazy spots in this match, like the... um the light tube um, battle where they were both sat on the chairs, which is a, you know, a a trademark of Nick Gage's matches, you know, and, uh, you know, the, the, just the brutality in terms of just the hitting with, again, it was def, it it was interesting because it was another death match, but it wasn't of the same style as the previous one. It was a lot more, as Dusty Rhodes would say, Dusty Rhodes would say the plunder. It was much more like, someone hit someone with something, then someone hit someone with something else. And, you know, it was very glass was everywhere. It was, just it was went absolute, for it. 
just yeah. went for it. You know, yeah. this is the kind of death match I expect to see if I'm going to watch a death match. Yeah. Uh, you know, compared to the first one, the first one was a bit more methodical and a bit more wrestling themed to an extent, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, this was like smash shit on people. <laughs> <laughs> Hit people in the head yeah. with glass. I mean, a barbed wire. The first 10 seconds, Shaq was cut open from a pizza cutter. It tells you everything. Oh, God, you know, yeah. Um, the both fell through that sheet of glass as well. Yeah. Ow! Uh, oh. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it would, Eric Ryan did a run in and jumped in as well at one point on, on uh, yeah. Gage. And, yeah. Uh, hit Schlack with a glass tube accidentally and just went from there, really. Um, at one point, I was enjoying watching Nick unpacking a, an entire box, like a sort of... Entire, <laughs> of light um, tubes. <laughs> yeah, just like as if he was in a just DIY warehouse. Just on the wholesalers, just picking up an extra big box of them. Oh, man. It is, just... it is funny when... I will say it's funny when the when you do watch death matches and you do see these things and they suddenly just sort of like... It's a bit like you're in sort of a parallel universe where we're all going to hit one another, but then we'll stop while we put everything into place. Like you yeah. said earlier, the referee, I'll help you with this and then we'll get back to the action kind of thing. You know, it's like we're setting up this next scene of like this yeah. play or this crazy sort of, you know, next Nick, act. Nick, where do you want this, mate? <laughs> <laughs> it was mad, man. Um, it was great fun to watch, a spectacle, yeah. obviously. Great fun to watch. Um, and obviously we had the, uh, the Ohio crew where... Uh, Doing a, a bit of a run in the anti gauge crew, as I as I called them, <laughs> do a bit of a run in there to sort of started uh, surrounding the ring, um, but then it was just kind of a, a weird. I didn't really understand the ending of that match. I, I, I don't know if something if I missed something or if it was maybe more. You need to be aware of GCW and what's been going on to follow it a bit, like a, a storyline. I did. I didn't really understand the ending that much because it was like the the hit Nick and then forced a pain. I didn't really under, get it. Yeah. It, um, so Ricky Shane Page, RSP, who's the GCW champion, has yeah. been feuding with Nick Gage, and it was all to do with basically the um, Ohio. Uh, I can never remember the for Ohio. I always think of OVE in uh, Impact, but the uh, Ohio, the Ohio stable stopping Nick Gage from getting an RSP in the um, GCW World Title. So they're basically just screwing him over at every last second they can, which is why obviously when RSP comes out later on, the crowd, you know, uh, vehemently hate him to the point of, you know, well they didn't throw trash at this show, but they have you know, throwing trash and various other things at him in various other shows. <laughs> so yeah, that's where it that's where it starts from. <laughs> well, that leads into uh, just. Uh, I mean, I don't even. <laughs> this was amazing. No, this no, was Mark. This abs- was this was the greatest match in the history of well, I, wrestling. Was, I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed every second of this. Um, but I had no idea or concept of what was Earth at that moment in time. Join Janella versus uh, Yoshi, Yoshihiko. Is it Yoshihiko, Yoshihiko, yeah. Yoshihiko. Um, I'm guessing Yoshihiko is a staple part of DDT over in yeah. Japan. Yeah. Um, in fact, the Iron Man heavy metal weight champion holder or something like yes. that. Yeah. Um, Yoshihiko. So is Yoshihiko always a crash test dummy? Yes. Yeah. Right. So the, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's the it's a 
an inflatable doll, um, but has the greatest wrestling um, ability and is the greatest wrestler of all our times. Um, you know, you, you can't argue whenever you see a Yoshihiko match without going away thinking that's the greatest match I've ever seen and <laughs> tops it every time. You know, I, there was, I mean, Joey was really struggling at points in this match and I didn't know he was, I was shocked when he won the belt. I was not expecting this to happen. <laughs> it was, it was an amazing moment given Yoshihiko's, um, you know, um, sort of status in DDT. It was remarkable. You know, there were, there was. <sighs> Yoshihiko hit Joey Janela with nine German suplexes. <laughs> Even even Kurt Angle can't do that. This is what I mean. Wrestling no, machine. Wrestling I think, uh, machine. I think even Lesnar, like sort of, you know, just gives in at eight. Oh. Uh, nine German suplexes from Yoshihiko, the inflatable crash test dummy, or whatever, <laughs> under Joey Janela. That was one of the highlights of the entire weekend for me. I won't lie. I thought that was absolutely tremendous. I we loved got, every second of it. We got, you know, a. a quadruple corkscrew plancher over the top yep. to Joey on the outside and we got a we got a Canadian destroyer on the yep. apron for we Christ's did. sake this Canadian was destroyer on the apron <laughs> even Kenny Omega can't do that this is like <laughs> oh my god this was and, and a, we got a splash through the ladder through the through the door and I was sure that was going to finish this thing but Joey still kicked out it was it was remarkable it I was just us- how the match went on at Yoshihiko as well just got more gung ho. <laughs> he's like sort of uh, you know like one eighties or he's three sixties suddenly turned into sort of you know ten eighty sort of flips <laughs> and spins. Oh, it was incredible! And then the big reveal. Oh, the big reveal. I never saw this coming in a month for Sundays. This was amazing. You know, I I couldn't believe. Leo Rush is one of my favourite wrestlers over the past 10 years, basically, from seeing him in on the independent scene and in Ring of Honor, and then to see him suddenly appear, you know, was just unbelievable. And then we know about the history between Leo Rush and Joey Janela from back on the independent scene. So this was, you know, really exciting to know that this was going to be the, the, well, it became a match on the next night, but it was such a great moment. And, and, Great to see Leo back in a ring as well because of obviously the WWE situation. Um, but never saw that coming. I mean, uh, did you what, see that one coming, Mark? What a wonderful way to debut or return or what to unmask somebody. I mean, what do we call him? Yoshihiko's handler? I think is that a fair way to describe him? <laughs> <a minute? laughs> I feel like kimchi was for Kamala. <laughs> Yoshihiko's handler. Um, uh, when you unmasked being Leo Rush, I mean. Oh, it was lovely. We'll leave it. That was lovely because there's more to obviously come from this. And what I didn't appreciate, obviously, um, going into any of this was how much this card sets up night two and what it leads to. Because there's a lot of nods of head to the first night when we get into night two. But before we get into night two, we'll let you round up the end of uh, night one here with the with the finale. Yes, so the main event for the first night was a GCW World Title match between the challenger of the notorious 187 Homicide against as the the aforementioned Ricky Shane Page, aka RSP, with his uh, motley crew including Atticus Koga, Eddie Only, and Eric Ryan. So this was a yeah, th- th- this was typical kind of Attitude Era. 
you know, title match in a way where, you know, you've got all the um, stuff going on the outside as well as, you know, um, Homicide trying to get the belt away from RSP. That's basically what the story is, is that RSP is holding GCW to ransom and that everyone's trying to get the belt away from him. Um, Homicide's one of my favourites. I love Homicide. Um, Such a great character, such a a great wrestler. Um, And, yeah, RSP... He's got to be one of the best heels I've seen in years. Like he—he's he, so hateable. Yeah, so like hate detestable. Like you dirty slink. Yeah, you know he's just brilliant. He—he's he, so um, great on the mic as well. Like the way he just riles the fans up, and they just every single fan was flipping the bird at him when he came out. You know, and everyone was just. Like I said, at previous GCW shows, the throwing of trash has been, you know, um, sort of a common occurrence whenever G, uh, RSP comes out and things. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it gets pretty heated. You can feel the heat, you know. You can you can feel these fans hate him, you know, and he loves yeah. it. He gets off it, you know. It's like it, it it really, you know, gets him going. And you know, it it was it was a it was it was fun, um, but I don't know. I think Joey Janela and Yoshihiko just because of the you know, it, it, it was such a wrestling spectacle that, you know, you couldn't, it would be hard to top that match, I think, um, mainly due to Yoshihiko's incredible ability. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think but, um, sometimes with things like that, I mean, that's why the, you know, uh, when you think about how we are accustomed to booking on cards in terms mm. of what we're used to seeing, you know, you normally have... Um, a bit of a karma match before the final, you know, that's what we use. That's that's the synonymous kind of the way of doing it. Mm -hmm. So to have that big match with Janela and maybe the idea was though, that that was the case. They were trying to put a bit of a a lighthearted comedy match on before, um, the, before, before the finale. But yeah, unfortunately when you've got a a match like that followed by, well, including, uh, a surprise, um, unmasking of Leo rush, it's difficult to top. Yeah. It, um, isn't it? Yeah, um, and I think you know it was a long show as well, and the crowd seemed quite. I want to, although they were really hated, but hated it. They seemed a bit burnt out as well. Like it, it could have helped if the and it was getting a bit dark. Like that was yes, it was getting, lighting... it got really dark, and I was like, I can't see this. It's like these old <laughs> Ring of Honor shows where I've got to put the brightness up really high, and I've got <laughs> to close the curtains <laughs> so I can see what's going on. Um, but yeah, have... it was. Go on, mate. Sorry. No, it was it was a good match. It was it was for it was it was good, but it didn't lead. It, it it led into the second night well. It was a storyline match really at the end of the day, and it led into night two really well. But I was uh, expecting more. I think. To give it some justice, I've, much like the first match, I have got a little note on here. Um, go back to rewatch, and I think it's maybe because of that thing. Maybe I, I came away from it thinking, um, uh, as the finale, maybe I needed, maybe I wanted a bit more from that. Maybe I'm a bit tired as well because obviously we're watching it late at night. Um, maybe I, I will go back to watch that one purely because I don't think I got everything out of it that I could have got out of it. So. Um, yeah, um, I'll leave my thoughts on that till another time. But, but I agree with you for what you've said there. I think it was always going to be difficult to kind of to bounce to bounce, you know, in a higher trajectory off the Joy Janela Yoshiko match. I think it was going to be a, a challenge, an upward hill battle. Put it that yeah. way. It's your boy Hot Fire, and you tuning in to Broken but Glorious. 
from there, we just jump straight in because I appreciate we've been on for a while and we're going to try and keep this one short and sweet and we're already <laughs> over our estimated assumption of time. But we're going to jump straight into night two, um, which started off with a very interesting uh, start and match between uh, Tony Depp and, and uh, Lee, Lee Moriarty. And some of my notes here from that match was um, a very fun test of strength with technical reversals at the very start of the match uh, into abdominal stretches, really great use of Matt wrestling, really fun to watch. And I think a real surprise of an opening match, especially compared to what we got from uh, night one, um, Tony double foot stump, uh, after a bit of a red heron from a leg injury, from a, sorry, a leg injury. Um, I thought that was a wonderful thing that I think, yeah. um, he went down to sort of check if his leg was all right, and Tony just sprung straight up into a double-headed foot stomp. Fantastic! Um, great selling of his arm as well. Good work from Lee to keep uh, to keep going back to um, Tony's arm. Yeah, just 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 great tilt the world arm bar again, tapping into that hole, focusing on the arm. Um, I think there was at one point Tony blew his nose as if it was Muta Mist as well. <laughs> That was well, arguably the spot or move of the weekend. <laughs> he blew his nose onto his opponent as if it were, which led to the commentators talking about the different strengths of Muta Mist and the different strengths of snot blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Class, man. And uh, the way that Lee actually got the pin as well, just sensational. I think a, a really good, solid opening match. Definitely. Um, I thought this was really, again, a real contrast from night one in that this really was a real technical, um, pure wrestling encounter. And Lee Moriarty really showed what he was able to do in the ring with uh, Tony Deppen. You know, Tony Deppen's very similar to Drew Gulak in a way in that he's very sort of wrestler-esque, you know, and all that. And then um, that pin, though, at the end was just beautiful. That was such a great way to end the match. And just, How incredible uh, was that, though? Like, I, I oh. couldn't work out the best way to describe... Well, I can describe it. I couldn't work out the best way to word it. It's and phenomenal. It's, it's when when a wrestler does that kind of little roly-poly, if you like, forward roll, legs open, so the guy would normally do a sort of pounce and roll out on yeah. the other side. You, you, you know, you're used to seeing that as the exchange of back and forth. But... Instead, Lee did that forward roll himself to interlock the legs to get him into a kind of a bridged pin of sorts. I don't yeah. know. Insane, but beautiful. Like, really nice and crisply done as well. Um, it was my first experience of watching Tony wrestle, Tony Deppin wrestle, and it was great to see Lee in a one-on-one um, match because I didn't get to see what I probably would have liked to have seen from from obviously that that first encounter because he was in the, the six-man mix wasn't he earlier yeah. in the first night so yeah. it was great to see him being able to show what he's actually got especially when it's a match the first match on the first night i need to go back and rewatch that as i mentioned earlier anyway because i didn't get enough from it and um, because i was so overwhelmed it was great to see lee in that one-on-one confrontation what a great match it was yeah it was great um, and the crowd really into it as well they yeah. really they were really into that one um it was great so, yeah, by all oh, means, man. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, please uh, attempt to take on match two here. So, the second match of the um, of night two was the second gear cruise. So, the SGC of um, Manda, um, of Manda's FA Mance Warner and Matthew Justice against Benjamin Carter, Fassard, Logan Stunt, and uh, Sanchez, aka Pinky Sanchez. Uh, 
this was nuts. This was like, Madness. you know, madness. There was just power bombs. There was flips. There was frog splashes. There was high five flows. There was, you know, um, jumps to the outside. Facade is a guy who I've been watching for a long time and I actually got the opportunity to speak to him. We haven't released the interview yet for the ROH review. And um, he... he I was saying to him, his his style is so unique. Like that um, walk along the top rope into that, um, you know, uh, springboard springboard senton was just crazy. Um, although the wind wasn't in his favour when he tried to do <laughs> the um, do the fireball, unfortunately. Yeah, um, it was a bit of a Hogan and Warrior moment. That yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. We'll but, all hey. stop. Everybody came out of it grinning, and he just sort of, you know, I think what he, he, he coughed or spat the fluid into his opponent's face. Uh, yeah. According to the commentary, he didn't, but you know, it was a good way to try and save the moment, whatever yeah. I expect. But these things happen, and gladly it was it was on a throwaway spot. Um, that I mean, it must be so difficult for wrestlers when it comes to a spot where it involves fire when there's wind, because yeah. it's like if if it works it's going to look spectacular, but it has to work instantly or else you all look silly for standing around waiting for it to happen. Unfortunately, the latter happened there, but they recovered well from it afterwards, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, Manders caught my eye. Um, It's the first time seeing Manders, and he's the epitome of what I, the visual of what I like to see in a wrestler. Just big, luggish, hoss kind of dude. Um, Especially when you look at the contrast of the different characters within that ring as well, it was, it wasn't just an eight, eight man match of people who were very good at doing triple somersaults. You know what I mean? No. It was a mix of styles. Yeah. And he obviously went on to get the win as well. Yeah, he did. Um, with a moonsault, I believe. Funnily yeah. With a, with a, <laughs> yeah. I've just said what I've said. <laughs> it was just like, you know, very Vader-esque moonsault, you know, and uh, looked like it, uh, you know, hurt like hell. Um, but it was all the guys again got time to shine and i think you know it was definitely um great to see as well um from the night before we got to see a tag a tag encounter and it was it was fun because it was you know um like you said such a contrast of styles that it, it they meshed really well. It didn't just feel like a load of flips. There was lots of flips, but there was lots of other moments as well. And I will say one spot I did love was when Logan Stunt um, went up in the air and he landed that knee on top of, I believe it was Matthew Justice, but I could be wrong. Do you remember? Was it Justice or was it Mansa? I it might have been Mansa, but he, he landed. It might it was Mansa Warner because then he hit that headbutt, didn't he? That was that was it. Yeah, that looked brilliant. Um, yeah. But it was it was really good, really fun. Because it was the whole sort of interchange between little guy sort of slapping big guy yeah. and big guy going, what you're trying to do, you know, what you're mm-hmm. trying to prove. Uh, but it was great. It was good fun. It was a good spectacle match, and it kind of and it broke up the previous match, which was more map based. Um, and the next match, which we'll get into now, being KTB versus ACH, it's the battle of the acronyms. Just yes. um, what a what a bloody lovely encounter this was, yeah. um, especially after maybe, as we were saying, maybe didn't ACH maybe didn't find his stride. Well, not that he didn't find his stride, just it didn't maybe, you know, it didn't flow to all expectations on night one. It more certain bloody did in this match. Yeah. Um, I mean, wow. My first experience with KTB as well. Shock horror. Um, flies <laughs> around bloody well for a big, big man, doesn't he? I mean, oh, he's, yeah. 
he's got some height to this guy. Go, um, you know, I'm guessing he must be about six two, maybe. Yeah, he's about six three. Um, six three. Yeah, he's about six three. Um, he wrestled briefly in Ring of Honor for the Future of Honor right. division. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, he he's, you know, he's a, he's a big dude. But he, again, he, he can like you said, he can fly and he, he's very versatile. You know, he's very yeah. agile and he can do a lot of um, a lot of things in the ring. What you wouldn't kind of expect someone his size to be able to do. And I think oh, what I really enjoyed about this match as well was that um, you know ACH. He brought the heel character out even more, yeah. yeah. But he did a lot of his traditional kind of work. What people, what people really enjoy, you know. And I will say that the um, the chop into the um, into the lamppost sounded like it hurt like buggery when, yes. <laughs> when he landed that. That wasn't well, a, that wasn't a, a false lamppost by any means. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a, a WWE steel chair. <laughs> Yeah, was it? It was a bloody lamppost, lads and lasses. Uh, it, what everything about this match, I just thought was fun. I just thought it was a really fun match. Just it wasn't too over the top with anything it did. It wasn't too focused on being a particular style or didn't follow a crowd. It was just a good, fun one-on-one match. Yeah. Uh, ACH man, just having a laugh as well, like getting on the mic really early on to rile the crowd up. Uh, when he got battered by uh, KTB there as well, the way we went, ow! Yeah. <laughs> and he cut the problem on the crowd about golf claps. So look at you with your golf claps. <laughs> it was great. Um, at one point he used, I wanted to see him do something more with it, but maybe it was fun that he just, it was just a throwaway kind of thing where he chucked uh, the, uh, the, the KTB form merch hand. Oh, yeah. Off. <laughs> threatened to hit him with it more, more, um, um, more hand sanitizer needed and social <laughs> um, KTB though one of my favourite little link up moves of the night with the atomic drop to what looked like a sort of mini spine buster into the big stand and big splash oh, it was yeah. just a nice little link up little sequences like that where they don't have to be over the top it was just three successive moves that made sense together and looked really good and I just found that really like pleasing to watch that particular atomic drop in. I think it was a little spine buster stroke, so yeah. stroke. You know the 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 push down kind of spine yeah. buster rather than the elevated ones into the sort of uh, standing big splash. Brilliant stuff. Um, then he speeded out uh, ACH through the through the table as well. We were wondering when that table was going to get battered, and that's, <laughs> that's yeah, that's what happened. It was a spear. Um, and I think ACH was it. I'm trying to think. Oh well, yeah, that, I made a note of this one. This, the the superplex to KTB through a table to a kick out on one yeah. <laughs> big box ticked <laughs> wonderful stuff man <laughs> no, I thoroughly enjoyed that match I thought for a one on one without any obvious kind of uh, stylization, if you like it wasn't a death matcher it wasn't no. a tech matcher it wasn't a, a big six man cluster high spots match it was a one on one match that kind of gave us quite a lot of interest like a lot of fun um, and got me intrigued you know Definitely captured yeah. my imagination and captured my interest without without a doubt. Good match. Yeah. They're they're both great workers and you know, definitely would like to see them go at it again, you know, at some point in GCW or on the independence, you know, they just meshed really well. Absolutely. Um and on that note, do you want to take on the uh, the next match here between uh, I think it's Zachary Wentz and Alex Cologne? Yeah, in uh their, well Alex Cologne's second death match and <laughs> Zachary Wentz's first death match. Um yeah, this was crazy. Yeah, 
Alex Jesus. coming out just look cut to smithereens from night one with that bandage <sighs> as well. Freaking hell, like the the oh. glass in this match was crazy. And Zachary Wentz, um, you know, the amount of uh, cuts, what he got on his back from when he went through the glass shards and when he got oh. thrown through the got thrown off the top rope into the um into the barbed wire glass balls was like Jesus, this is you know it, the, the, it, we went off the top to the out, yeah, outside of the yeah. barbed wire door a glass that was on the boardwalk as well. Yeah. Like, oh man. It was Ow. um Yeah, it, it was I mean I, I enjoyed it again, but it was again very this was kind of going on too far for me. The amount of blood what Zachary Wentz was, you know, um sort of leaving his body was very you know worrying <laughs> it was the i mean oh. obviously alex cologne had worked the night before and stuff and you know the the clothesline as well into the um into the ropes with the um with the bat oh, sorry the light tubes on which um wentz gave to cologne looked absolutely like it killed like, like it looked like it just really bloody hurt that like you know <laughs> Because you think at times those light tubes look a little bit flimsy, like you know sugar glass. But then when you see when they don't look flimsy, it's like a moment like that where you realise that these things bloody must these they must bloody hurt. Yeah. And Jesus, it was just it was just glass everywhere. It was just like I've never seen so much glass. It's like <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. We know we're 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 all adults and we're not daft. We know that it's not reinforced, you know, double plate, double glazed glass that they use. <laughs> you know what I mean? We know we we. We appreciate that it's maybe a thinner strand of glass, but when people are being hit with 30 plus of them in the space of 10 minutes, it's a bit hard to watch. Yeah. It's, it's, it looks like it knackers. Um, mm. I mean, Alex there as well, man, that one man Spanish fly through that sheet of glass. Oh, oh. God. Ow. And then the uh, styles clash as well, the top row through the light tubes. Oh, kick out, kick out one, kick out. whatever it was. Kick out two, <laughs> two kick outs in a row. <laughs> Unbelievable. Just, yeah, I mean, um, I'm a big fan of Zachary Wentz, um, but this is one of those matches where he works for he works for Impact. He's got a good thing going. Um, it, it's just this is the kind of thing where you can end up really badly injured, and if yeah. you've and, and I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody. Um, and I think fair play to him for going in there, but also, you know. It might have not been the best decision because it did look like he was really banged up afterwards. Um, yeah. It was bleeding a lot. Um, but no, I agree. I agree. I think the uh, the tough bastard of the weekend award goes to Alex Cologne for doing yeah. double jumps and death matches two nights Jesus. in a row. Like, because he went for it. Um, if you're into your death matches, you'll enjoy it. Simple as that. You will enjoy this match, especially with the story that Alex has been wrestling the night before in another death match. <laughs> yeah. Just, It'll tick your boxes. If you like a bit of blood and guts, watch this one. Um, we <laughs> went from there, interestingly, into an ad break that we didn't get in night one when they were cleaning the ring up. So in night two here, we got an ad break. I don't think we got an ad break in night one anyway. Maybe we I got a wedding night. proposal. On we the got Thursday a wedding. That was it. That's what it was whilst they were sweeping the glass up. We got a wedding proposal <laughs> in night one. That's correct. In night two, we got an advert, um, the, ad, the ad package, if you like, the video package for... Advertising Tournament of Survival 5, I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, on August 22nd. Before that, you've got Keep in Touch on August the 2nd. Um, that Ask MDK looks like it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun and humorous, to say the least. 
the question that was asked is, did you shit yourself in a wrestling ring? His answer is <laughs> yes. If that sets the tone, then, well, expect a lot more of similar ilk because, my lord. Um, and Nate Webb's big old fuck-off dirtbag kitchen cookery show. <laughs> oh, that's, that's why I'm a wrestling fan. So I can't wait to watch that. That looks. I'm going to be chewing into that. Well done, fight. That's exactly the kind of advert you need to put on during a pay-per-view because that's going to make me want to watch more yeah. of what they've got to offer. It's as simple as that. It looks like all kinds of hilarity. It really does look fun. I'll be watching Nate Webb cooking. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Ringing <laughs> Sharp Boy. We, we need that Drew on Jacobs. <laughs> We need him on Sunday morning uh, lunch. Uh, yeah. You know, the Sunday morning breakfast. Sunday brunch. Church. Sunday brunch, yeah, man. Um, for, I'm going to need your help with this one, dude. Match five of the oh. night is a scramble match with Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver, Trey Lamar, Alex Zane, Myron Reed, and Blake Christian. And oh, my Lord. <sighs> if we've seen some matches so far which were fast paced and lots going on this is sensory overlord city um oliver <laughs> and it's just madness freaking man. nuts this was like you know um, even the entrances where they were flipping there was flips in the entrances <laughs> and then it was like it was going to outflip everyone in their entrances and then it just like you know it got oh. flips everywhere you know and it was just mental it was a you know Myron Reed flipping over the um, over the turnbuckle, and then we got you know Blake Christian running here, there, and everywhere, and we got um, Alex Zane doing a double Hurricane Rana from the turnbuckle onto um, I believe it was Jordan Oliver and Blake Christian, if I'm right. I could be wrong. There was, with... mate, there was so much. It was crazy. Even crazy. from the very opening of it, you had Oliver and Reed doing that whole that kind of um, what's the word I'm thinking of that staggered double dive to the outside where I believe I might be wrong with which way around to say this, but I believe um, Oliver was it? No, I think Reed maybe. I can't remember now. Let's say Oliver went first and did his dive to the outside, but then Reed like followed him up seconds later yeah. to add on to that with a flip over the top. Yeah. Madness. Uh, Zane with his double, double leg drop from a front flip, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, Zane springboard again, for like an almost like a springboard inverted corkscrew of sorts. I don't know. Uh, the commentators made a point of saying he was facing the other direction for a corkscrew to be a corkscrew. So we don't <laughs> know what this was. <laughs> so I've called it an inverted corkscrew. A springboard inverted corkscrew. Um then what was it, Christian? That, that, that I think it was five or six consecutive planches yeah. from one to the other, with the Reed then doing his mental senton over the ring post to them, them do it again after the crowd reacted to it. Um, oh, I don't know, Zane hitting that dragon hurricane runner. Um, to a couple of people that were sat on the top turnbuckle, he just sort of rent up and did the hurricane, the dragon hurricane runners where you do almost like a sort of front flip into a hurricane runner or yeah. something like that. Um, and to two people though, so he hurricane ran at two people at the same time Mental. who were sat next to each other. <laughs> and then Blake, I think, did he finish it off? He hit that 450 knee drop thing from the top rope onto the back of Lamar's head yeah. when Lamar was hanging over the rope. And then to finish it off, he hit whatever finisher. I don't even know what it was called. That sideways kind of uh, 180 thing. It's got its own name. I don't know what it was called. Yeah, it begins with L, but I can't remember what it's called. Not um, a clue. But he, he hit that for the win anyway on Zane. I mean, it just it had. It was just 
a hundred miles an hour of everyone doing everything, and it was really fun to watch to kind of again change it up again following uh deathmatch into an ad break into this. It was it was bloody balm. It was <laughs> So you could you yeah. couldn't keep track of this like it would just no. you, you literally would not you'd have to watch again this is one of those things where you'd have to watch it again and pause it to make sure you know if you were making full on notes you know those people who you know like document every move you'd have to you know like stop it and pause it and start again oh, and just, no, not a chance not a chance I, we still be sat here we would we won't be, be doing this review right now Mark we'd still be there you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I managed to make out of all that. Like I think, looking here, I think there was the ones that have five bullet points, and just try to scribble like three or four words <laughs> prompt reminders there. So it probably sounds like gibberish to our listeners, but it's the best I could do just to give you some insight as to what went on. And if gibberish is what you got from me explaining it there, it probably <laughs> sets the tone pretty well because it was absolutely mental. It but was. Uh, by all means, please go and check that one out because it was. If you're into basically lots of really really interesting in it innovative kind of like um planches with multiple twists but look like they had purpose not just for the sake of it go and check it out because it was good fun um and i'll let you lead the way with match six mate because it's the return of i mean <laughs> on paper <laughs> jesus chris so, dickinson calvin tankman oh my god oh. this was like meant this was awesome this was yes. just absolutely fantastic this was probably my match of the weekend i think yeah, i love I've got this the same thing note here, mate. i've got the same note here it was absolutely phenomenal this thing the the striking the power moves tankman bringing it to chris dickinson who was getting more frustrated um you know the just the crowd who were just all over calvin tankman they so wanted him to win this thing and just it was it was just such an absolute hoss fest of just hitting i mean i thought him and mantuana was one chris dickinson and mantuana but this just took it to another level in terms of how brutal it was and i mean like you said at the end of the match did chris dickinson that they found their new native big their their new um their new regular big man or whatever, whatever he said and he really did like this made you know, Calvin Tankman over the top this match. Um, it, it was it was absolutely fantastic. Match of the weekend by far. Not to um, downplay any of the other matches by any any way, shape, no. or form. I mean, as we've said so far, I think it's fair to say that we've, we've so far come up with positives from this. There might have been one or two matches where, you know, I'd personally had to go back and watch just to kind of get my head around it a bit more now that I understand the story. Um, this match is the match which will make me go back and watch GCW. This is the match which will make me tune in again. And again, nothing against the other matches, but this is the one when they are giving a bit of everything to try and appeal to everybody with something, this is the match that appealed to me the most. So well done because that strategy has worked. Whilst uh, whilst I appreciate, you know, the, the 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 guys that were in the death matches, although that might not be my particular style of match to go out and seek and watch, this ticked all of my boxes. Yeah. I absolutely did love just the insular storyline within. It, it it didn't come from anywhere. There's no storyline beforehand or afterwards. The two big lads, one of them's much bigger than the other. The other guy's already massive. 
And <laughs> he's the underdog, and he's never used to being the underdog. Yeah, that's that. In alone, is the story of like it's like wow, the big man is up against the bigger man, and the start of the match with with Tankerman having his way, throwing Dickinson about. Dickinson clearly not used to being on that end of you know of of the welly, if you like. Mm. Um, until he starts to get fired up, until he starts to get that second breath of like, right, I'm I'm still in this. I want to do something here, uh, and then eventually gets him up for that Death Valley driver. Oh man, you know. Of all the moves we've seen, the Death Valley Driver isn't the most sort of synonymous move, if you you know, that we've seen today. There's been maybe much more sort of really interesting moves that have taken place, fair enough. But within a match, within a storyline of within a match of that that move coming off, that particular that powerful move coming off from the smaller man to the bigger man when the bigger man's been kicking his head in all match, it meant something special. Yeah. And it just hit really well and the crowd popped i popped watching it you know yeah. it was class it was really that, good I, chris dickinson's strength is unbelievable to be able Same. to lift up calvin tankman because he must be like jesus it didn't say how big he was how much he weighed but he must weigh at least 350 plus pounds he's, like. he's, i think he's probably heading on for four yeah so, so he's so massive he's probably sort of 380 heading on for four to guess in my estimate there he's not it's not just like he's small and round he's tall and big yeah um he, he missed a moonsault the fact that he went for a moonsault he missed a moonsault uh shades of bam bam uh there but um i'm surprised the ring well. didn't give away it was one of those moments, dude. Um, Dickinson as well, then going for that, and hitting it really well, that Seto style suplex as well, followed by that massive lariat. Um, yeah. The pin. Just class. And as you said, Chris rounded it off with that lovely speech at the end saying, we found our new big man. Splendid stuff. Splendid Definitely. stuff. Um. Uh, leads into this little kind of throwaway match between Joy Bloody Janella and Leo Rush. <laughs> I mean, how do I how do I even approach this one? Um, I will go on the outset and say that I do love Joey Janella. I think Joey Janella's he's one of my favourite wrestlers because of how charismatic he is, and I love Leo Rush. This just felt way too long for me. I did enjoy it, but it felt very long. But that match, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think the idea was, I suppose it was that it was the sort of the the final hurrah for Leo. So I yeah. can understand why they tried to sort of go the way that they went with it. Um, yeah, arguably, I think I think at this stage in the card, it went on for quite a while. Um, but again, at the same time, you know, I can understand they wanted to do have a proper nice sort of send off for Leo if that is realistically. If it's not storyline, see you later. It's difficult to know with wrestling these days if it if it is legit. See you later, because I'm a rapper now, or um, I'll come back soon. It's difficult to know. Um, yeah. But apparently, his final match. I love the fact that Joy started the match by um, slagging him off, but uh, <laughs> nicely as well. Like, How have you been? I suppose you could be better, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he starts off showing his power advantage. He chucks Leo into the, into the chairs. Um, it just, it just, it's one of those. It's back and forth throughout, and both guys really showing what they're capable of. But it's it just a fun match. It, it might have been a bit long, but it was a really fun oh, match. Oh, it was loads of fun. So, so yeah. much going on with it, though, as you'd expect. Um, 
great series. I mean, the, the, these two would have a really fun series going forward. Did they have much of a series in the past that you're aware of that I'm unaware of? Yeah, when they were in um, CZW and on the Indies, they wrestled um, in several matches for the CZW okay. title, um, which is where kind of their when they were referencing in the uh, post match in uh, sorry post match speech sorry post the match speeches, that's what they were referencing to that right. they tore yep. it up in CZW. Yeah, so they have they have worked before a lot yeah okay i was gonna say because it looks like they've got that kind of chemistry where mm. expect they probably have done and that i'd like to see more of that so i'll go and check some more of their all the stuff out based on that thing because i thought the exchanges that they had here were, were great fun to watch yeah. um i know obviously joey well, we'll mention a few of the spots from my point of view here uh joey's suicide dive to the outside where he went head first into what looked like the chair leg stroke floor um that looked a bit nasty <laughs> he did. was bleeding really badly as well like he was crimson considering it wasn't the death match joy drew blood <laughs> pretty badly that was after he hit the um, ring post wasn't it that's when, right uh, yeah. yeah um rush also hit that, that poison runner as well that he hit was lovely especially yeah. after those really stiff looking face slaps from joy like really this yeah. man didn't he yeah. Um, then obviously, you know, we had we had the, the doors were back out there. The door panels were back out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was uh, one point uh, uh, he received a rush received a double. Um, what was it? A double, almost like a double underhook pile driver of sorts from Joey. I guess yeah. one of the signatures. Lovely move. Um, then a top rope double stomp under the chair as well. Kick out. <laughs> obviously. Um, Rush smashing is a lovely signature frog splashes as well. And I'll just finish it with the um, pillar jump of doom. Ah, oh, Jesus. That thing was crazy. Like, scary, you know, wasn't it? that was scary. Like I could tell that Joey was terrified of standing up on that thing in case he fell, you know? Um, and the fact that when he actually fell, I think he may have actually, like they said on commentary, he may have banged his head. And I think he realized that he might've, been partially concussed. Um, yeah, um, it was. I'll be very surprised if he wasn't sort of out on his feet. If no. you know what I mean, like, he looked a bit dizzy. Um, um, particular famous cameraman trying to keep him, hold him up there at one point <laughs> as well. <laughs> trying to hold him upright and went back to him to see if he was all right again. Um, yeah, it looked nasty, but you know, maybe a few minutes to maybe a few minutes longer, but. Than, than maybe required, but at the same time, as we were saying there, it was it was Leo's send offs. So we can't yeah. too much for that, and it was for what they did show was really really fun. I think it's just at the the end of a two night extravaganza of wrestling, everybody's legitimately at least a bit tired. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans, I I think, give the fans a round of applause there as well because they were popping in this match big time. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of grace and gratitude for for Leo and and Joyce. Joyce's speech was phenomenal, man. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Both both awesome. guys' speeches were awesome. Uh, Joy. Sorry, carry on. No, I was just saying you're right. They were. They were absolutely spot on. What yeah, Joy there. Yeah, and no, I was just going to say that, that Joey. Um, I mean, obviously, people talk about Nick Gage being sort of the face of GCW, but Joey was the guy who got me into the company more than anyone else because of predominantly spring break and things. So I see him as kind of like yeah. the face of the company. Absolutely. And I feel that his his speech about not only Joe, uh, sorry, not only Leo, but the company and how it had helped with 
COVID and stuff. It was it was just really from the heart what he was saying. You could tell, and what he said yeah. about TNT with uh, AEW and stuff. Like it was, it, it it just felt really genuine. Like sometimes these speeches can feel a little bit, you know, forced, but none of it did, and the crowd were really responsive. So it did really get me fired up. Like it did feel after my views of wrestling as a whole, it did really kind of set a fire in me to thinking, yeah, you know, this is really kind of something special here, you know. So yeah. I thought they both did a great job and to Leo as well. Although I will say before we do finish Mark that they should have had a Yoshi they should have had a Yoshi Tiki to run in because I think that <laughs> Joe is still the DDT champion. We didn't get that. We should that have would have been that. hilarious, wouldn't it, if, if that was the case? I don't know who would have been under the mask as the handler this time. Um, maybe it would have been hilarious if they put Calvin Tankman as the, as the guy under the mask <laughs> to run in with Shiko. And then that would have been a fun way to round that one off, just as like Leo's leaving the ring. Shiko runs in. Um, but yeah, brilliant. Um, obviously, I would naturally have taken uh, this next match, being Alicat versus Nate Webb, but uh, there's no point really. I'm just going to let you go into that and uh, round off with the finale because it's all pretty much interlinked into one match, I suppose. Yeah, so um, you know we were about to have a match involving Ali Cat, but that didn't happen. <laughs> so instead, <laughs> we got and uh, Nate Webb. Instead, we got um, a five-on-four handicap match, which was between uh, the four-four um, OH, which is um, Ricky Shane Page's stable, including Gregory Iron, Eric Ryan, Eddie Only, and Atticus Koga against AJ Gray, Alex Cologne, Nick Gage and Schlack. But just to point out that this match started out with Schlack on his own against five other men. And it then did, it quickly did. became it quickly then became um various people running in to help Schlack because Nick Gage had injured his um ankle in another show, I believe for Beyond Wrestling, I believe, or the night before. So he he wasn't able to wrestle for his career. Um, so various people <laughs> came to fight for Nick Gage's career against the evil Ricky Shane Page um, in deathmatch, um, you know, rules, handicap rules. Um, bonkers. Did he literally bonkers. hurt himself at Beyond, or was it like a... Um, yeah, I believe that he... I think that Beyond Wrestling may have been having a show as well somewhere. Like, I think that's what they said on commentary, who yeah. were affiliated with GCW, and um, he must have injured his ankle some if not he was selling incredibly well that ankle um yeah. you know with, with with a bandage which looked more like um you know a piece of parchment paper or some <laughs> greaseproof paper tracing paper <laughs> yeah but um but yeah the the evil ricky shane page and his motley crew were taken to task by schlack who delivered two vicious um suplexes through glass panes to uh to Atticus Koga and to um Eric Ryan and then from there it quickly became, you know, run ins from Alex Cologne who then got taken out, then AJ Gray coming out and then finally once AJ Gray had come out, um, you know, Nick Gage came after they'd seen fit to take over um or to, to beat down the the Ricky Shane Page's stable, uh, Nick Gage came and got the pin. So it um again very, very nineties attitude era slash ECW esque sort of 
main multi-man sort of action in that there was a lot of run-ins and a lot of, you know, craziness going on. It was a cluster. Let's yeah, it was a cluster. It was a, cl- it was a cluster, but it, it worked. It, I mean, if they were legit caught on the hop there, and if this was legit, um, he'd hurt himself somewhere else and therefore Nick had to... Um, kind of bow out and just make his appearance at the end for the pin that was on the on the fly booking and then it's understandable why it was a cluster but they held it together well i mean there was a lot going on there because you had to have been following the storyline to to know what on earth was going on yeah um you couldn't have just understood it from oh one of the guys is injured all right but why does that only leave one of them in the ring when there should be a team of a few of them um it's you know what i mean it's one of those kind of things and um yeah, I think that whole thing of Schlack shouting, uh, I could do it on my own, was very helpful to set the scene for that a bit because without him shouting that, people might still be a bit confused as to well, why was it just you? Where was the rest? Even if even if Gage isn't there, where's the rest of the team? Yeah. You know, why is it still just you? Surely it would just mean that there's several of you without Nick rather than just one. But either way, everybody eventually came out. Um I mean, again, massive round of applause to Alex Cullen because <laughs> he was the first one out in fairness. So out of the rest of the team, he's the one who put in the, 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 the most amount of time after two death matches in 24 hours. Um, round of applause, Mr. Cullen. You get the hard bastard of the weekend award as far as I'm concerned. Um, Absolutely. I think, um, as we've said there as well, you know, just to round that match off, Nick obviously gets his um, title opportunity at a point of his choosing as well, mm. which um, surrounds that one off really nicely. Um, so from your point of view, if you don't mind me putting you on the spot, um, would you agree that uh, Mr. Alex Cologne gets Hard Bastard of the Weekend Award? Oh, yeah, he absolutely gets Hard Mother Effing Bastard of the Weekend Award, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> Definitely. No two ways about it. Um, in terms of wrestler that stood out, or who you want to see more of? Calvin Tankman. I agree fully with that. I think that that, and I think that leads nicely into the final question as well, which we've already covered. Uh, match of the weekend from your point of view. Calvin Tankman against Chris Dickinson. It couldn't not be. I think it has to be as well. I think I got a lot more positives out of this event than out of these two events, let's be honest, and then I did negatives. I think in terms of the negatives, they weren't negatives against what the promotion is or who was wrestling or what they were doing. It was just more that they tried to showcase a hell of a lot of different styles there. Some of them were my cup of tea. Others weren't necessarily my cup of tea, but I could still appreciate what they were doing for that. You know, it's easy. It didn't deteriorate. It didn't detract, sorry, from my overall experience of my overall first experience of GCW. Um, I found it thoroughly entertaining throughout. I think next time I endeavor to watch a promotion for the first time, I'll go for one event rather than the double header, <laughs> just so my brain isn't as frazzled. But I do want to go and check some more of them out. So it's done the job. They've done well there. Um, would you like to finish off by letting people know where they can hear more of your speakings and thoughts about wrestling, mate? Absolutely. And uh, I'd just like to say as well, Mark, thank you so much for having me on the uh, on the show and being able to share my love for GCW with you, um, you know, as well as um, wrestling in general. Um, I'm actually wearing my GCW shirt as we're recording this um, this interview as well, or this Chip review. In. Go on. Still real. <laughs> still real to you, damn it. <laughs> so, um, still real to me, damn it. Um, 
but yeah no um people can find me on um twitter um at my personal hashtag or my personal um twitter handle is at stj215 um i'm a member of the roh review with my colleague uh, oliver newman we're currently on an inactive hiatus due to certain things that have been going on with the speaking out movement but you can listen to our archives at bbgwrestling.com and you can also read my um, articles about ring of honor and um various other promotions uh, at the wrestling estate um so that's at the wrestling est where i cover ring of honor new japan um wcw or all manner of wrestling you could think of um, i'm actually going to write up a full review of these two shows for the uh, wrestling estate as well so check those out as well as this review tonight excellent stuff there and and as he said there as well as steve said there you can check out pretty much everything these guys have done so far, including interviews with so many cool ROH um, stays, you know, staple names and legends of yesteryear, and as well as current wrestlers on um, bbgwrestling.com. Um, we have just uploaded recently our interview with um, Georgia um, Smith, Davy Boy Smith's daughter. That will That is up and running as of now. We've also just uh, announced the new competition that we're running with uh, Cella Toys, who are bringing out the the new uh, Nick Aldis action figure, um, and we're running a competition with those with that with that team. You can check that out at uh, at Grapple Arcade on Twitter. We've just got the pinned tweet there. You can see how to enter into that free competition to win some original uh, concept artwork of the design of the figure as well, which is quite fun indeed for all of you action figure collectors. Myself and Pablo have just covered um, San Diego Comic Con, which was another absolute onslaught to try and <laughs> get your head around this last this last sort of 70 God knows how many hours. Um, lots been going on, lots going on. We're hoping Nick Aldis is coming on the show soon uh, as well, based on chats recently about his figure so it shouldn't be long for that one but yeah lots of fun things planned ahead i know a few people who listen to us also will be aware of our involvement with for the love of wrestling convention that takes place in liverpool for those who aren't aware we'll be doing a big piece on this but for those who aren't aware they've had to unfortunately postpone for the second time due to the covid pandemic um so we'll be now looking to run that with those guys with the grapple arcade and whatnot in, um, in May of 2021. So all of the tickets are still valid. If you've got tickets for the event itself, if you've got tickets for the meet and greet with the wrestlers, such as Shawn Michaels and Goldberg, Demolition, Nasty Boys, um, Kenny Omega, so many more names as well, obviously. Um, they will still be valid going forward and more names will be to be announced as well. So yeah, keep checking back for details. You can find out more about that if you go to their Facebook page at For the Love of Wrestling. And um, we'll catch you all very, very soon. Stay tuned to www.bbgwrestling.com everybody and we'll catch you all very soon. Good night. See you later, everyone. <laughs>